0: What's up? Welcome to Bow Down, the teaching ministry of Pastor Chris Tress. Alright, we're in Song of Songs, chapter 7, and, and as you know here, we go through books of the Bible, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. And so we're in Song of Songs, and uh, as always, look, we don't want to read through a book, we want the book to go through us. We want the word to be in us in such a way where that word becomes flesh, just like Jesus. It becomes flesh like we begin to embody and walk in the word. Colossians 3.16, it says, let the words of Christ dwell in you richly. And sometimes the issues that we see in the church today is because the word of God is not dwelling in us richly. And so we lack discernment, right? Psalm 119, it says, uh, verse 11, I've hidden your word, I, I treasured your word in my heart. Treasure, treasure, treasure. Yeah, it's precious. Your word is precious to me. I've treasured your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. And so a lot of times we see sin in the church because there's not a treasuring of the word of God. And so we just, we go through books, we go through books slowly for this reason. Because as we sit in the word, a bumblebee gets all the nectar before he leaves another flower. And sometimes we're reading too much. And we need to slow down. And we need to take this verse, in verse 4, where it says, Your nose is like a tower of Lebanon, which looks towards Damascus. Well, Chris... What is that? How can I apply that to my life? God conceals a matter. But kings search it out. And So we want to ask the Holy Spirit, what are you saying? What are you saying with this? You see, let me back up real quick in chapter seven. Look at verse one, right? We talked about this, man, has your identity shifted? Do you realize your royalty as you're walking in sandals? Are you convinced that you are a poema? Do you remember what poema means? What word that was? Where that verse is found, right? Ephesians 2, what? 10. Yeah, poema, workmanship, masterpiece, work of art. Am I really, really embodying that? Am I really walking in my sandals, in my royalty, right? Uh, Verse 2, right? Do I have an expectation that fruit is going to be produced in my life? Verse 3, am I nurturing and feeding others? Chapter 7, verse 4, am I a stiff-necked person or am I submissive? What would those around me say? And see, as you come on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, You got your clique, you got your crew, you got your homies, and you're saying, hey, do you think I'm stiff-necked, or do you think I'm submissive? Husbands, wives, do you think I'm stiff-necked, honey, or do you think I'm submissive to you, my queen? She would say sometimes, and that's okay. And you know what? I want to be submissive all the time and I want her to be submissive all the time. Why, because I need to be in control? No, because when you love, you submit. I love Jesus, I wanna submit. Whenever I don't submit, I don't love Jesus enough, and I need to love him more. Let me clarify this. I said this at the conference yesterday, the men's conference. I made this statement. Gentlemen, if your wife does not wanna come under your leadership, to submit to your leadership as head of the home, because the Bible's clear, the head of of every woman is man, okay? If she doesn't want to come under your leadership, you gotta look at yourself, because she should want to come under your leadership, because when we look at the cross, we wanna come under his leadership, right? And so maybe you're not leading like Jesus. Now, here's what I would add to that, because I was in a hurry yesterday. Sometimes our wives are so wounded they won't come under anybody's leadership because of past hurts and pains, and they've experienced bad authority. And so it's still the responsibility of the husband to say, hey, babe, listen, I need you to sign up for inner healing and kind of deal with this because this is a pattern in your life. And hopefully there'll be some submission in that, If not, this is where the church comes in. Hey, Mr. Deacon. Hey, Mr. Elder. Hey, someone that's close. Can you meet with me and my wife? Because we can't seem to get anywhere on this issue. And so Matthew 18, 15 through 17 is very clear. You you bring somebody else. Hey, yeah, you've got to begin to look at this. You've got to begin to deal with this situation. And this is how the body of Christ is supposed to work, in love. And you know what? Stiff-necked people don't like that, do they? We spent considerable time two weeks ago on the question of, in verse four, are my eyes full of light or am I also filled with darkness. What am I gazing on? What am I looking on? I shared yesterday in the men's conference a situation that happened to me this past weekend, or this past week, where I was scrolling Facebook, and I saw an old friend of mine from high school, and there was a bunch of bikini girls on the boat, And I stopped scrolling, and I zoomed in. When I stopped scrolling and I zoomed in, was that the Holy Spirit leading me? What was leading me? My flesh. And right away, the conviction of the Holy Spirit came upon me. And I zoomed out. I never gave in to lust. Which Jesus says, if you look lustfully, you've committed adultery in your heart. But I zoomed back out. And I was under such conviction of the Holy Spirit. I took a screenshot of the Facebook and I sent it to her. She didn't know why I sent it to her. Why are you sending me this? And I confessed to my wife. I said, babe, because I sinned against God and I sinned against you. Will you please forgive me? and there's a lot of us in here that are like, "Bro, I would never tell my wife that." And you've got to look at that because if your wife can't handle that and she gets mad, and she gets angry, and she gets insecure, how have you been pouring into her? She should be able to handle. It. My wife didn't get upset. She didn't yell at me. She didn't call me a pervert. She didn't do none of that stuff. She didn't even respond. And I had to call her back. I'm like, hey, are you mad at me? Are we still having a date night? She didn't bring it up again. Why? Because I believe she did business with God. And she prayed and asked God to forgive me and probably forgave me. And also knows that this is not a pattern in my life. This was a mistake. This was a mistake. And so in verse 4 of 7, yeah, I mean, her eyes are pure, like the pools of Heshbon. There's nothing polluted there. And how serious are we, guys? Guys, listen, 70% of men in the church quote stats on porn, 40% of women on porn, and it's like we minimize things. And we, oh, it's no big deal. Everybody looks a little bit. It's okay to check out another menu. My grandmother used to say that because my grandfather would gawk and look out all the waitresses as a restaurant and she told me when I was a little kid, hey, he, I let him look because it's just like looking at the menu, but he's coming home with me. No, 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 no. We're called to be holy. Holy. Every time I go to the Dolphins game, Which I usually go once a year. They got the jumbo screen. Cheerleaders come up. I know they're coming up. I pray when I go, God, help me to look away. Why? Because I want to be holy. God wants me to be holy. I know driving down 95, we got signs to Monroe's. I know it's coming. God, help me to be holy. Holy. I want to be led by the Spirit. I don't want compromise. I don't want anything to pollute me, right? Because your eyes, if they're filled with darkness, how great is that darkness? And I've seen someone on pornography. be overcome by demons and manifest demons because god let them have what they wanted rebellion is the sin of witchcraft it says that in first samuel 16 Rebellion is the sin of witchcraft. And how long are we going to rebel against God on these matters? It breaks the heart of God to see his children living like the world, following the course of this world, the patterns of this world. And if judgment's going to start, where's it start? In the house of God? Yeah, say, I'm the house of God. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We together are the temple of the Holy Spirit. But individually, you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. So, 4C. Song of Song 7, your nose is like the Tower of Lebanon, which looks towards Damascus. The tower represents, it represents guarding, it represents protection. Us men need to be a tower of strength. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it, and they are saved. Towers protect. Towers see the enemy coming. And her nose is like the Tower of Lebanon, which looks towards Damascus. Damascus was the capital city of Syria. That was Israel's greatest enemy. And what he's saying is, she's not just flippantly walking through life. Her nose is looking towards the enemy, discerning, right? 1 Peter 5.8 says this, that the enemy, he is prowling around like a roaring lion, seeking someone whom he may devour. And we are not asleep, we are awake on that. And I see the enemy at work in people's lives. They don't know their identity Because they're not about nourishing others. (laughs) They're not producing anything. They're not submissive. And their eyes are full of darkness. So they're blind to the attacks of the enemy and the fact that he's just playing around with them. Her discernment was like a tower that guards the king's property, facing towards the main enemy of her life. She has the discernment about what is coming from Damascus. She doesn't lose her eye off it. Great defensive players with basketball. When you're guarding your man, but the ball is out here, You have to open up your feet to the ball so I can see ball, see man, see ball, see man. And when the ball comes this way, I'm ready in position so I can steal the ball. The ball comes over to this side. My man's right there. I shift my legs so that I can see ball, see man, see ball, see man, see ball, see man. I'm glad I didn't pull nothing. It's been a long time. But we got a church that doesn't describe anybody, does it? In regards to spiritual warfare, see bossy man. Shepherds. Shepherds. Men were shepherds. And we should carry a rod and a staff. We should know how to use the staff when it's time to be gentle and graceful. But the rod, the rod, yeah, that is for protection. That is for the wolves. Jesus is walking with his rod and his staff, Psalm 23, and guess what they do to the church? It brings us comfort. The enemy has been defeated, meaning Christ defeated him. But according to 1 Peter 5.8, he's still prowling around, seeking someone he can devour. And we have to be aware of that. Demons, Satan, the demonic, people being demonized. That is 250 times in the New Testament, almost once for every chapter. But we have a church that doesn't even think about that. Discernment's needed in these last days. We've said this before when I went through the book of Revelation. The biggest hallmark of the last days is deception. Say deception. That's the biggest hallmark of the last days. I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1, please. Because I haven't been on a pornographic site in 20 years, pride can creep in. And so, hey, just taking a little look ain't that bad. I'm not as bad as everybody else. Who do you think that voice is from? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's no big deal. Don't tell your wife. Who do you think that voice is from? And what's going to happen if I start hiding secrets? Whenever you're secretive, that's where the enemy can begin to traffic. Ah, look at this coward. Now I can begin to play. He's too afraid to speak truth. First Corinthians 12, 1 Corinthians <clears throat> 12.1. Now, according to spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be Uninformed. We have a church that is very uninformed in spiritual gifts. How do I know? Because when people divide over spiritual gifts, they're uninformed. They do not know how to rightly handle the word of God. And one of the gifts that are listed is the gift of discerning of spirits. Who has that gift here? I believe my sister does. How do I know that? Because she sensed something was wrong in a family member's life and come to find out things got exposed and it was wrong. Discerning of spirits. Here's what discerning of spirits is not. This is somebody that is immature. This person has a Jezebel spirit. This person has a religious spirit. This person has, that's complete immaturity. Maturity is this. Holy Spirit, I believe this person might have the Jezebel spirit. How can I go seek counsel with leadership without using any names? Oh, there's more discernment. When you seek counsel, don't use names. Is Austin in here today? My man, so proud of you. He's seeking counsel about confronting somebody. He didn't use a name. That's wisdom. When you seek counsel and you use a name, you're gossiping and you're slandering. Listen, that's horrible. That's what starts stuff in the church. Don't do that. Noah... The story where he got off the ark, he was drinking, he got drunk, he got naked. I don't know what was happening. But the one son, he goes in, he's mocking, he's laughing. He's saying, hey guys, come look. The other two sons, they came in backwards and they covered their father. They covered their father. Someone that walks with discernment wants to cover his brother's sin because love covers a multitude of sin. When you just go... Yang gang gang gang. Yang. You lack discernment. And you're immature. How much does that happen in our church? This one, bow down, a lot. Stop it. And those of you who receive someone, hey, I need your counsel. Let's just say this. Don't use any names, please. Say that. No, 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 no. Don't use any names, please. No, no, no. Stand up. Stand up. Let's go. We want to be true worshipers. We just don't want Sunday school. We're, we're at war here. With your hand. You got a, Italians. Where are you at? Two hand that thing. Please don't use anybody's name. Say that. <laughs> Get out my face with that stuff. No, just don't. Okay. Sit down, go ahead and sit down. Am I wrong, church? Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, forgive us for every single time we use somebody's name. Forgive us and help us not to do it again in Jesus' name, that we would be pure, holy, and blameless. May we have the heart of Noah's two sons covering people's sins, not wanting to dishonor them, not wanting to expose them. May we walk in the love of Christ Jesus. Why? Because you did that to me. You did that to me. May I do it to others, please, Lord. Help me to guard the unity, protect the unity, to fight this good fight of faith, please, Lord. Give me discernment in my movement. And so, back to my story that I kind of got off on. Somebody has a Jezebel spirit. I believe that's what the spirit's saying because I've got the gift of discerning of spirits. I go to a leader, not using names, and I said, hey, let's fast for a few days because I see this, I believe this is happening. Let's wait for confirmation from the Holy Spirit because if confirmation from the Holy Spirit comes, we're gonna go together because Jesus sent people out in twos and we're gonna go together. No, that's bad discernment. Why is it bad discernment? There you go. One on one. Why do we know it's one on one, Brandy? Matthew 18, verse what? 15. Discernment. We don't go two. We go one. Jesus. See, sometimes things sound good, but they're not good. There's a way that seems right to a man, but what? It ends in death. We've got to grow up, guys. We've got to grow up. We've got to grow up in love. We've got to begin to use discernment. And so after fasting, after praying, after seeking counsel, waiting on God, I'm going to go one on one. Hey, I believe that potentially could be something spiritually off that has to deal with control and manipulation concerning your life. Jezebel is a spirit of control and manipulation. So you don't want to label somebody that person has a Jezebel spirit. We don't want to judge. We don't want to label, right? The you know, we label in our society. Bad discernment. I am what God says I am. We want to get to the root of the matter. Why is that there? And when you find the root of where that demon has a stronghold, that demon has to go. So somebody discerning will move like that, not just talk about that person that has a Jezebel spirit, but will move towards that person with that they believe has a Jezebel spirit, and they'll cast it out. Do we know how to do that? You can't... Go down to verse 10. 1 Corinthians 12, 10. And here it is. There's that gift. To another, the ability to distinguish between what? Meaning there's demonic spirits at work, even in the church. Book of Galatians, who bewitched you? Ephesians chapter four was written to the church. Don't let the sun go down on your anger, because it gives the devil a place. A lot of our churches are crawling with people who are influenced by the demonic. We need a church to rise up and say it's okay. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. There's there's no fear, but do you want to continue to live? with that spirit I want you to turn to Hebrews 5:14 please Hebrews 5.14, it says, but solid food is for the mature. So in the body of Christ, there's mature and immature. Everything I just said, if you're hearing that for the first time, you're, you're probably immature in your faith, and that's okay. There's no condemnation, but it's time for a revival in your life. How does revival start? Well, in Nehemiah's day, they brought out the word of God. And the joy of the Lord was their strength. It says, solid food is for the mature, for those who have have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice. So let me ask you a question. How How often do you stay in God's word? Many of us, and what would describe my life for seasons and seasons, is that I'm so busy, I'm sleeping in, I'm hitting the snooze 18 times, I'm driving to work, I look at a verse. Look at this verse here. Discernment trained by constant practice. When I played college basketball, and I was horrible, by the way, I shot 700 shots every day. I did ball handling for 45 minutes a day. I lifted weights for about 30, 40 minutes a day. And then I ran three to five miles every day. And then I also went to practice. I had to because I was the worst on the team. I had to outwork everybody because they were better than me. I was the slowest guy on the team, but I was first place in suicide drills. You know why? Practice and constantly trained. On what? On the word. Thy word I've hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. The word that... I really understand, you know, man, that's the Spirit? That's the Holy Spirit right there? Okay, that's not the Holy Spirit, even though it sounds like the Holy Spirit. See, because there's a form of religion, but it denies the power. There's people that want to accomplish great things of God, but they do not want to be with God. And it looks real good on the surface. The numbers look great. We've got to be able to discern what's going on. Why? Because at the end of time, as we stand before God, some of the things done for the wrong motive are going to be burned up like straw. Scripture warns that. But other things that are done with the right motive will be, be, be like gold making it to the other side. Even in our giving, Jesus warned, when you give to the poor, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing because right there, you have received your reward. nothing You just wasted your money, bro, because you wasted it on the applause of man. And listen, you're welcome, by the way, bow down, because that box is in the back and nobody can see you. It's why we don't pass the plate, because we take that verse seriously. I've been taking the kids to church back in the day. Hey, hey, Pastor Chris, let me get a dollar. The plate's coming. Then the plate would come around again. Hey, Pastor Chris, let me get another dollar. Then the plate would come again. Hey, Pastor Chris, yeah, three offerings. Plate would come again. Hey, Pastor Chris, let me get a dollar. Bro, I'm not wasting my money on you who are quoting. to. I didn't say this to the kids because I didn't demoralize them. And that, by the way, is discernment, right? They need milk. But but this is the the spiritual reality in that, is that worship is not borrowing from somebody that costs you nothing to give to God. That's why David said, no, you're not going to give me this land for free. I want to buy it from you because I want to worship God. Jeremy, go up ahead and put up the picture for me. So <clears throat> you see that right there? That's called a wise woman. Instead of my wife nagging me, should be no elbows right now, get off your phone. You're always on your phone. You got a problem with your phone. It's a serious issue. You spend more time on your phone. He you don't even listen when you're on, you know? Instead of all that nonsense, here's what my bride says. She's not problem-oriented because of discernment. She's wisdom and solution-oriented. Hey, let me go put a basket on the counter and put the no phone zone. And she comes to me, hey, Chris, when you come home, would you mind putting your phone in there? And I'm like, oh, babe, you're just so wise. You're wanting to help me with one of my issues. And some of you dudes that are dealing with pornography, you live with a bunch of homies, have a no phone zone out on the kitchen table and don't bring your phone in the room. It may help. Don't bring it in the bathroom. It may help. Girls, same thing. See, like discernment. Do you really want to be made well? Do you really want to be made well? And this is the type of discernment that's needed in the church where we see problems and we don't complain about it, but we say, maybe, just maybe, God showed me that problem so that I could be the solution. When you look at Jesus, Jesus was an intercessory prayer leader. And so in Romans chapter 8, it says that he intercedes for us on our behalf. He's he's constantly interceding for us. Jesus is the great intercessor, but he just doesn't keep interceding. What did he do? He embraced this thing called the cross. He's praying for us, interceding for us, but he just doesn't pray. He gets off of the prayer, and he comes down and he embraces the cross, and he becomes the answer to the prayer. If you're not willing to be the answer to the prayer, maybe you ought not to pray for things because I want you to pray with discernment in the spirit of Christ and James talks about this when people do their prayers, hey brother and we send them off true praying happens when it's a heart that is willing to be the answer to the prayer that is true Christ-like intercession Guys, listen, that's not milk. What is that? It's meat. And we all should be eating meat here. All of us. No vegans. PETA, spirit, go in Jesus' name. Lamb is on the menu, it's always been on the menu. Jesus ate fish on the beach. PETA is not from God. PETA stands for people eating tasty animals. I'm tripping. Solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. This is our calling, church. And sometimes we're doing too much and doing nothing at all. Sometimes we're learning too much. Chris, there is 4A, 4B, 4C. All we did was 4C today. That's okay. Because that's a lot of meat to chew on this week. Those are a lot of things that we discussed today that we could apply in our lives to walk with this sermon. And so I shared with you my mistake of what I did. So if that happens again, I'm, I'm just going to get rid of and delete those apps. My wife's not telling me to do that. That's called discernment. That's called a heart that is repenting and wanting to be holy because in Peter it says, be holy because I am holy. The Holy Spirit is holy. He's always leading us into holiness. And it also warns without holiness, no one will see the Lord. He is holy, and the cross represents the fact that we were not holy, we were unholy, but a holy God wanted to be with us because he loves us despite us, despite our rebellion, despite the fact we did not want him and we want to do what we want to do, despite the fact because of our actions that we're God-haters through and through, he sent his one and only son to embrace that cross. So that he could take away our sins and declare us righteous and holy. Why? 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 Because he wanted to be with us. The cross isn't just for getting your sins forgiven, although that's part of it. The motive behind that is found in Hebrews chapter 12, where it says that Christ, it was the joy that was set before him. He despised the shame of the cross. Joy yeah, joy. The cross wasn't joyful. It's one of the most painful things ever created to kill a person. But he embraced it with joy because he had us on his mind. He loves us. and Because of that, because of that, wow, God, my holiness is worship to you. As I submit to the Holy Spirit, Not because I have to, because I want to, because I'm in love. And help me to grow in my discernment so I can be like a tower looking for the enemy and watching to know and understand what can I do? How can I change my life in such a way where I'm not going to go down because I'm, I'm on watch, I'm on guard? It says resist the devil so he will flee. But what if you don't resist? Does he have to flee? No. So how can I resist? And and everybody knows this. I just want to remind everybody again. You'll never see me in a car with a female, except for my wife and my daughter. You're never going to see me out to lunch, out to dinner, one-on-one with a female, except with my wife, except with my daughter. I do not meet with women one-on-one. There's always a dude there with me. I'm never alone with a female. Why? Why? because I understand my past, God's given me discernment, so I'm setting up boundaries around my life. And while I set up those boundaries, I still say, oh God, my heart could be so corrupt at times. Purify me, purify me, purify me. And I've never thought for once in 20 years of cheating on my wife. I haven't even had that thought, because God has changed me so much. But before Christ, I cheated on every girlfriend I ever had. God saved me. God changed me. He made my mind new so that it's not a thing. But even if I did have those thoughts, I've got boundaries set up and accountability in my life so that it can't come at me. And what is that? That's somebody that's standing in that tower at watch, walking with discernment, understanding the enemy and the tactics of the enemy and being on guard and being ready. What are you doing in your life concerning that Christian? That's the question for today. Get off me now and my issues. Get on you. Holy Spirit, come down. Holy Spirit, come down. You're all different, and you are the ones he loves. And what is he asking you to do? So that you're not taken out. What's he asking you to do? What is he asking you to expose? What is he asking you to confess? What's he asking you to do today concerning this? Holy Spirit, worship team, come on up, please. You are in this place because it says when two or three are gathered in your name, you are here. And this is a holy moment right now, God, and we just humble ourselves down and we put our face in the dirt. You are holy, you are holy, you are holy. And we just honor you today. We honor you this morning with our lives. And we just want to be pure and blameless before you. I pray, God, an outpouring of your Holy Spirit so you would raise up a church, God, that would walk with discernment, that would be a strong tower, aware of the working and the schemes of the enemy. Just like Paul said in 2 Corinthians 11, I'm not ignorant of the schemes of the enemy. I'm not ignorant. Make us wise, God. us wise God gifts of the spirit poured out now in Jesus name gifts of discerning of spirits let it come forth in Jesus name and hearts God hearts God hearts God that would walk with greater discernment oh father we've been on milk too long help us God to be constantly trained by your word, eating meat. Stay in that attitude of prayer. I'm going to read Romans 12:1 and 2. I appeal to you, brethren, God, you are appealing to us by your mercies. And you are asking us to present our bodies as a living sacrifice that are holy and acceptable to you, God, which is our spiritual worship. It's our spiritual worship, living holy and acceptable. We do not want to be conformed to this world any longer. But would you transform us, God? And may we join you in the transformation of the renewing of our mind on your word so that we would be able to test. That we would be able to discern what is your will, God? What is your perfect will? What is your good will? What is your acceptable will? We don't want your permissive will. We want your perfect will, God. Raise up our discernment, God, according to Romans 12, 1 and 2. May it be a reality that we walk in as the cry of our heart so we can give you the worship that you deserve, Jesus. You are holy. We bow before you now. Come and move on our life, we pray. Forgive us, God. We've sinned against you. Make us like you, Jesus, so that we bring glory to your name. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. Thanks for visiting us today. Make sure to check us out online at www.bowdownchurch.com.